Hello. Hi. And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower 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 Level. Level. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. Moshi, who is Hunky Dory? We still don't know. Moshi, we have a jam-packed episode. I mean, when are they not? When-, when are they not? I was just about to say to you, when are they not jam-packed? What else could they be packed with, though? Oh, that's for Patricio after dark. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> um, well, no, it, I mean, we're back to regular programming this week. We are going to be getting into our, all our weekly episodes of Salt Lake City, Potomac, and Beverly Hills. Um, but Moshi, as we always do, we're going to start with the word on the street. Hit me with it. What's the word on the street this week? Well, we've seen the photos on the Instagrams of the ladies filming season two of the Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, we've got Vicky Gumbelson, we've got Tamrat, we've got Dorinda, we've got Jill Zarin. There is, I mean, Taylor Armstrong, I've only seen her in like a single photo. Yeah, same. Um, Phaedra, Eva. Brandy. And Brandy Glanville. And did you see the new Trace Amigas are Brandy, Vicky, and Tamrat? Tamrat. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, I love Brandy, but she is a certain ilk, you know, a certain type of person. I mean, when I saw that photo, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Isn't it wild, though? They have reportedly, I think, finished filming season two of Ultimate Girls Trip which is set to air next year sometime. We haven't even gotten season one yet. Do you think, like, they're just going to film a whole bunch of them and keep them as, like, filler? So, like, when things aren't happening, we're going we're gonna to have those shows. They're going to give us, like, like it's, it's just, like, different types of content expanding the Housewives universe, right? Well, we know that it's six episodes long, Um I mean, it's straight to streaming. Obviously, it's going on Peacock. I guess it will just have to fill in some sort of, like, you know, non-ratings part of the year. I don't even know, but, like, it's crazy because I, I think it was, like, going to air in June, the one that they've currently filmed. Yeah. Um, whereas the one that they filmed earlier this year is meant to air, I think, by the end of this year. Yeah, I thought it was meant to be. I remember when they were saying September, and I'm like, we're almost at the end of September. So, um, oh well. but I mean, look, the conspiracy at the, this point is that they, they need a bit of time for us to forget how terrible Ramona was because she's going to be in that first season of Girls Trip. And uh, so, hang on, so do you subscribe? This is just a random question, but do you subscribe to this theory that Bravo is doing everything they can right now to protect Ramona? Yes. Interesting. I mean, look, Kenya wore the Native American headdress as a costume. Oh, you. And uh, no, but regardless, there was an apology that had to be made. Okay. There was a whole PR exercise afterwards. Ramona was uh, terribly behaved, and that's being polite. 
and there's been nothing. And in fact, not only has there been nothing, but we're going to reward her with airing this Ultimate Girls Troop of which she was in the cast. So I don't know. I think we are, I think Bravo are being apologists for Ramona. Yeah, they're, they're constantly saying that when do their surveys, she just tests well with everyone. And it's just like, Ugh, who, need... who, who is she testing well? I want to. I know. I'm curious people. too. I'm curious too. Because I think like this season, it was rough. It was, it was beyond like, and she, she was just like every type of bigot you could think of. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like she was like playing bigot bingo. I mean, she attacked the real estate agent. Like, she did a lot of, like, terrible things beyond being a racist. Beyond being racist, right, yeah. Um, I mean, have we actually discussed the fact that, like, the New York reunion is not happening? Have we had this discussion? I told you it wasn't going to happen. I told you that this season of Real Housewives doesn't even matter because there's no reunion. If there's no reunion... It didn't happen, and the reunion has to happen straight afterwards. We have we have discussed this at length. I can see that much like Erica Jane, you have selective amnesia. Don't you ever say that about me. <laughs> I really wanted you to do that to me. It's a promise. I will come after you. I didn't call you a liar. But, yeah, I yeah. But I would totally can appreciate why you would have selective amnesia on this topic because it's hurtful. I blame myself because I was standing New York so hard, you know, coming into the season. I was just like, it is the greatest franchise. It is a flagship. And once again, everything I love turns to shit. So <laughs> I thought you want to say that I love Ramona and that's why I selective dimension. I was like, oh my God. On some level, I do love Ramona. And there we go. And this is who she tests well with. <laughs> Black women under 40. <laughs> I am Ramona's demographic. Well, on that note, let's let's speak about some other black women. Real Housewives of Atlanta. We have a confirmed cast, maybe. Um, so Portia and Cynthia are out. Sheree mm-hmm. uh, is back the bone collector she's been dropping hints on instagram the past week uh marlo is rumored to have finally secured her peach um obviously we've got candy still in the fray um but i don't know i saw a photo this week of candy cynthia and shamia all together at an event and i was like maybe Maybe Cynthia is going to be around as a friend of, which I, I mean, Cynthia, I'm really supportive of. I think that would make sense because they have like a genuine friendship with her. Like, do you know what I mean? And Atlanta yeah. is a small city. Like, they're at all of each other's events. So, I mean, I I definitely think we will see Cynthia as a friend of. But I do think it was time for Cynthia not to be a housewife anymore. I don't know how I feel about Sheree coming back. I don't know if that's because they need someone with Portia leaving. They need someone who's going to have tension with Kenya. But I feel like we might be getting Kumbaya Kenya this season. Don't ask me why. It's just a prediction that I have. But I also just think, again, they should scrap all of them and just give us all fresh new faces. Well, we are getting one fresh new face. Apparently, um, Sanya Richards-Ross is joining the cast. She's That's the a... Olympian, right? 
yeah, she's a former Olympian. Uh, I don't know what she did, what the sport it was, but she won gold. She's yeah, gold I love that you like know her player. whole name. You know, she won gold, but you're like, no idea what sport it is. <laughs> and you're, so like, you're owning it. <laughs> she, she won in sports ball. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> she went to the Olympics. Um, an athlete. I don't think we've had an, have we had an athlete housewife yet from any franchise? Not on, not on housewives to have like former. Yeah. But I think it's a, that's a good fit. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, Moshi, that's the word on the street this week. Let's dive into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's episode two of season two. And Moshi, let's just talk straight away because you wanted to make this entire episode about Mary M. Cosby. You were like, if I would be okay, if that's all we discussed on this podcast. And you know what? I don't blame you because Mary has somehow managed to deliver. Like she has spent, I think, the entire pandemic thinking, what is she going to bring to the next season? And she's bringing out an entire home renovation. Moshi, I know that you love interior design, you <laughs> love styling. Um, I just want your your thoughts on the current Mary M. Cosby home. It is phonetic. So the room that we're in where she's like got all the different, she's got the same seats, but it's got all different upholstery. I was like, this is interesting. It's giving me Alice in Wonderland. I like that for Mary because she is giving me in, she gives me in the rabbit hole vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like she gives me down the rabbit hole vibes. So, you know, all the different chairs and stuff. That was interesting. Um, For me though, why I really wanted to discuss Mary is because I just think, like you said, she's delivering. This is this is where like you can, you know, sometimes like we're talking about like they're filming during COVID or whatever, things or they're just out of their lockdowns and all that sort of stuff and things are quiet. But when you are someone who can like just give us entertainment whilst just walking through your home, that is what we want to see. Like she's giving us Sonia, right? Oh, like yeah. he's like, it's, it's just she, the way her personality works, the way she thinks, and I think I hate to say this, but we're finally seeing Mary in conversation with other people, <laughs> and which we didn't really get last season. She was always like on the phone, or she was always just talking to herself, or just talking to the camera and talking to the producers. We're seeing her now having like her cousin Big Joe in, and you know, she just doesn't hold back about throwing her entire family under the bus and it's so funny that she's just like you know just even the way she describes cousin joe to us basically tells us he's great at his job but he's fucking unreliable you know he will choose all the things that she wants but it might not get done for six years and the thing about that that i loved is i was like I feel like we all have that one family member or that one friend who is cousin joe and it's like None of us could ever feel like we could say that. And Mary is like saying what we would all want to say about our big cousin, our cousin, Big Joe. Then it's like the she takes us to the green room that needs to be renovated. Now, 
anyone can see this room is due for a renovation. But it's not just that this room is due for a renovation. It's when she says things like the green carpet needs to go. And that carpet is hideous. But she says every dog has pissed here because they thought it was the yard. <laughs> like it, it wasn't just taking us through the room. It is these little pearls that add this extra sort of juice to it. And it's just like she's brilliant. Then she takes us to like what is it, that bathroom or something that it's needs to be redone, room. a powder room. And she tells us that she must have had menstrual cramps when she designed this room. Like, it's not just that the rooms are crazy. It's that she is just like, this is insane. What is wrong with me? You know, so it for me, it's just her descriptors. I think she just gives us, she, she knows that like walking around a room is not entertaining. So she adds that little extra bit. And always does really really well do you think that she is actively doing it because in my mind like especially when you watch her in the confessionals I feel like she is like unfiltered because I think she's like really comfortable and I don't think she realizes what she's saying and that it's being recorded sometimes as well because I feel like she has to like she never walks anything back but she kind of like you know, when she said, like, that it was a bit stale or whatever, like her marriage, and, like, she kind of <laughs> is like, ooh, ooh, uh, that, like, uh, 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 and then she sort of, like, laughs it off. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I think, for me, I think she's actually just, like, not even aware that she's doing it. I'm just... Patrizio, that in there lies the skill because, one, if she's just doing it by accident, brilliant kudos to her, but if she's doing it because she knows how to play with us, like she knows how to be funny. Like, cause Sonia, I think we've come to realize some of it she says, cause it's just her personality, but sometimes she knows how to, she knows how to deliver the punchline. But if it really is that Mary knows how to deliver the punchline, then it's also kudos to her. It doesn't matter either way. It's the brilliance that it happens because it's too good. It happens for every little thing. When, when she's talking to cousin Big Joe, and he's asking her about her troubles. So she's being vulnerable. She's saying she's worried about her son, Robert Jr. And, you know, worried about this. And then she's describing, you know, him being with a woman or with a young lady. And she says, you know, I said to him, if it smells like fish, you've got to run. I was like, I screamed at my television. Okay. Screamed. That is insane but it's because and it was the same as last episode when we found out that mary's like you know smoked a few blunts in her life like it's because we don't expect this from the the first first lady lady. like she's meant to we in our minds she's meant to be like God-fearing, she's meant to be proper, she's not meant to swear, she doesn't, she dresses conservatively, but then she's telling her son, I mean, I feel like even, you know, premarital sex, like, I think we normally associate, like, you know, sex after marriage with being, like, religious. Yeah. So the fact that she's even telling her son. That's so true. Like, to beware of fishy vaginas, like, it's wild. (laughs) I love that you clarified if it smells like fish, right, and what that means by talking about 
saying fishy vaginas. That's what we're talking about. That is brilliant. I'm glad that you understood that that's what Mary was saying. I'm glad you got that. I, I read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it's just, I. Uh, so I guess what I'm, I guess what I want to say is that I know we're only two episodes in, but it's really, I, I already feel like we're getting something different this season than what we got last season. And I think that's the only thing that we can always keep asking for is that every season it gets better. Last year, right? And I think Mary, you know, the reunion and after everything that happened and she saw the way people like her and like her kind of quirkiness, I love that she's leaning into it. I'm sure at some point it's going to go badly, but for now, I think we can all agree that it's great television. Well, look, as you said, as a baseline last season, she, I mean, she could have only gone up. Like, she was there for the first half of the season and then she literally phoned it in for the <laughs> remainder. So, like, as an amount of, like, improvement that she had to bring, she she really only had to be in one extra scene this season and we would have all been like, wow, Mary <gasps> M. Cosby. Audible but she gas. has delivered. True. Well, I want to go from talking about <laughs> smelly vajayjays to the other vajayjay that is constantly being spoken about in oh. this franchise. And that is... And, I mean, we're going to have to really just talk about her. This this season is also ultimately going to be about Jen. Boo. Right? I know. And the thing is, what we learn, like, right at the top of this episode is that Jen is trying to or wanting to make amends with a lot of people. So we meet another member of her family um, and she tells us this other story and then, of course, how she came good. But she uses that then to then sort of say, and now she also has to make good with Heather. So we see her give Heather a, a FaceTime call and they plan to get together and try and try and become friends. Can I just say, in this scene as well, we have her alleged fraud first assistant there and he makes comments about how the closet has grown as well oh 100 percent in the background we are being set up to to know you know it's it's the same thing you, you again we've said the sorts of people who tend to do these bad things and get found out are the people who flaunt their wealth and jen is flaunting it on the heather thing i don't know i mean like it's weird, right? I don't know. If I hadn't spoken to someone in two months and then they FaceTimed me, I would not have answered the call. Well, they have to because they're on the show, right? Ugh. But I let's talk about the place that they meet at, that ice castle. I thought that was pretty cool, but I couldn't go because I hate the cold. Oh, I mean, Moshi, like, first of all, obviously there's also a bit of like a tourism plug oh, here for cool. Utah because um, it was like, amazing um the like ice formation i suppose it's natural as well but um and look it was an opportunity to get dressed up in your designer snow gear to not fall over in your like high-heeled shoes stew falling though was hilarious i mean we all saw that coming (laughs) 
Um, but it was beautiful. And then, like, the actual, like, setup itself where they had, like, this little fireplace mm. inside of, like, this ice cave. Fabulous. Fabulous. I'd like to do that one day. But, again, I would need to also be wearing, like, designer well, so, I mean, what happens in this, like, moment? I just feel like Jen somehow manages to deny something that she's actually written that has a blue tick next to her name. And I don't know. What do you think, Washi? I, I hope Heather watches that back and can see just Jen gaslighting her the whole time. Because here's the thing. Jen... When, when Jenny's not with Heather and she's telling us that she, you know, she's saying that she needs to call Heather, she's saying that she needs to make amends. She knows she's the one that needs to go and apologise. But for whatever reason, she never truly gives Heather, I think, a real apology. And Heather is confronting her about all these things that she has done. And she's just sort of saying, well, you know, you know, the same thing with Meredith. I'm never actually writing these tweets. I'm I'm retweeting them or I'm liking them, which, hello, it means you approve. Um, even if you're, you think they're funny and that's why you're liking them, you have to know on some level they're hurtful. Um, she's like Heather is showing her receipts, as we would call them, of things that she has said. And she's, and she's saying, well, I'm getting those too. Like that is so weird to me. You're, you need to acknowledge the path that the part, the, part that you play but then she's turning it all around and deflecting just so that she can play the victim oh this is and, and i think this is jen's mo this season it's just gonna be like it's not my fault i didn't do it it's actually you that did it to me um and it's can hard. i just say can i just yeah. say i think though heather is the only one she'll get away with that because Heather has that whole thing of like wanting to be liked by people because and, Mormonism or whatever. But I think I think we've also just like Jen's whole law suit situ- situation at the moment is that she preys on vulnerable people, right? Ooh. And to me, no, but that she's a manipulator, right? Look, even look at somebody like Stu. Look at the way Stu is like an idiot around this woman. I hundred percent. I'm just like. Stu just said whatever she, you know, I, I don't think that he blindly went into this business, but I suspect he didn't fully understand all the things and she talked him into it. Like Jen is a manipulative person and Heather is somebody who is very easy to manipulate and she's trying to get as many people on her side for the inevitable showdown with Meredith. I mean... I think the difficulty for me with this scene was that it's this whole, like, you know, conversation around race, right, as well. Because I think okay, it yep. is this implication, right, that Jen is being held to a different standard. And and I think that's what she was trying to say about Heather being racist, right? I think that was where that all stemmed from was the reunion last year and the way that Jen felt attacked and it was because she is a woman of colour. But I think we can all attest to, like, yes, that is a real thing, but I think we can also attest to the fact that Jen behaves badly. Her husband, her black husband, was appalled by her behaviour. You know, she. it's just really weird to me that she doesn't seem to correlate that, like, 
her behavior with her family and her behavior towards her friends is completely out of line. And she's willing willing to acknowledge that she did these things and she was like active and she had agency in these things. But then when it comes to Heather, she's just looking for this easy way out and Heather Heather standing her ground, whatever. But at the end of the day, Jenny's wrong. Can I just side note quickly? Have you noticed this, like, weird, like, purple, like, thing going on in the confessionals? Or is it just my screen? What's the purple? So I feel like their eyes are always, like, look like they've got, like, a shade of purple over them. And especially, like, um, Heather is wearing that sort of, like, silver dress. And it has this, like, tinge of purple on top of it as well. I believe that the silver dress... But next time I watch, I'm going to look out for the purple eyes. Listeners, you must look out for the purple eyes next time you're watching Salt Lake City. Tell us on Instagram. Have a tinge of purple about them. I just, it's its really been bothering me. No, 100% we need to just, if something is bothering you, this is what our listeners are for. We need to ask them if they too are seeing the tinge of purple. Thank you. Thank you. I just had to get that out since you mentioned the confessionals. You know what? I just want the listeners to know we've had a really traumatic week. <laughs> you know, so. It's been a week. So their support means everything to us. Um, you survived an earthquake, Patricio. I mean, my, my house was held hostage by an earthquake. It was insane. <laughs> this um, might be what- as well though just putting that out there oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> well I guess like on the other side of this is like the whole Meredith thing right as well because you know it was still in this ongoing conversation around whether Brooks was saying derogatory things about Jen's vagina at the end of the day it does he spoke about her. He was a cast member on the show. He's an adult human being. He's free game. But that said, the things that Jen liked reshared are horrible things. I'm really glad that you clarified that Marx was a human being. <laughs> I had genuine questions. <laughs> um, do you do you think that there's going to be a way forward between no. these two women? She's done with and and to be honest, I feel like Jen was just gonna like all this other stuff's gonna come out about Jen, and it's just gonna reinforce everything that Meredith has said. I also think what did she say? She said to Seth in this episode, if she does anything, I'm going to unleash on her. I love that Meredith is not only engaging; she's ready to unleash Patrizio. This Did woman ca- has gone from zero to a thousand. Okay. <laughs> I know. But you know what, though? I feel like she watched last season. Um, she heard from the fans that you can't like disengage on like any <laughs> of the drama. And so this season, she's like, you know what? Not only am I going to engage, I'm going to destroy. Yeah. 
I mean, I do also just want to say, on the other hand, is like I don't enjoy Meredith. Really? I don't. Lisa, I'm enjoying Jenny. I'm kind of in- starting to enjoy Whitney. Why do you I, like the Meredith? The Meredith. The Meredith of it all is like insignificant. It's like I'm. I'm glad like that Meredith has Jen. Jen has Meredith. Like they exist in this so in this uh, franchise simply to like fight at each other. Like I want to see what happens if Meredith doesn't have a demon to go up against. Like I'd be curious to know if she could without drama, without a feud. Did you see the clip this week from Watch What Happens Live where um, the viewer question is, did Meredith, I don't know, call the feds? Call the feds. And tell them where Jen Shaw was or whatever it was, the question, right? And Meredith's response was, Andy, I told you, if anybody goes after my family... (laughs) she's just playing into it like this is this thing it's like you're once you're a second year og and infamous you have to play into all these things but at the same time i mean she also really enjoyed her asmr that was also on watch what happens live because asmr ish she's just soothing i yeah, I feel like she's the kind of girl that would be, like, aiming to have her own reality show, but we just, like, it would not work. Like, it would be... She's no like Christiana. Yeah, she wants to be Christiana, but she's not. And it's going to be, like, one of those Bethany things where she thinks that she can do a show on her own, but it will last one season and then she'll blame the production company. She a bit of a Yolanda Hadid. Yolanda, Yolanda. <laughs> um, Saying her name. <laughs> when Kim Richards at the reunion yeah. is like Yolanda, Yolanda. <laughs> the night before. <laughs> These are the moments that live rent free in my mind, Washi. Like I'm in bed and I'm just like Yolanda. <laughs> I love it, but I mean I don't. You asked me ages ago, is there a way forward for these two? Hell no. And again, I yeah, I just think it'd be interesting to see what Meredith is like if she didn't have this feud and age. Okay. Do you think Meredith is going to visit Jen in jail? No. <laughs> I just had to ask. Okay. Just out of curiosity. Um, before we wrap up a little bit on Salt Lake City, <laughs> crack ourselves up. Just like a touch on from this episode episode two there are two other storylines that are emerging so we're getting to know jenny and getting an idea of what her story you know we learned that she like had a chain of businesses and she sold them to be a stay-at-home mom finding herself that her and her husband at at a bit of a a head where he now suddenly wants more children and she feels like she's so for me jenny is looking for this path to freedom where let's face it she's probably going to get to do we at some stage oh, no. no but that's that, that's the story like 
he she's going to show him for being a complete asshole, and she's going to divorce him. And then the other storyline that we're getting is Iris and Bo, a.k.a. Wild Rose Beauty. Now, I thought this was going to go into, like, a Stephanie Holman territory, like, I need to have my own identity. But I really thought Patrizio After Dark would appreciate that what Whitney was really worried about is their sex life going downhill. And Whitney's confessional with her sex poses and describing the difference between robotic sex and non-robotic sex give the girl I mean I'm just pour one out the fact that this poor woman has gone from sex every night to two to three times a week it's a week oh and she knows like that she's just like hamming it up for the cameras and everybody is just gonna be laughing it's like it's really funny that I feel that she feels the need to tell us how much sex she has believe that she has sex with her husband <laughs> but you know we what believe- i want to say these are repressed people they have grown up repressed and they gotta get it out and you know they're doing some kinky shit like and I, we saw it <laughs> in the trailer i don't know what that mud slapping like business was but <laughs> like that's what these people do because they've lived in this these religious repression <laughs> yes these people one of these days, I'm going to get smacked, Moshi. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, I just thought it was really interesting to finally get an idea of what the other two storylines are going to be. Because last week, I was like, Whitney has no storyline. But it's, it's, I'm glad to see that that's coming out. And, again, Jenny's daughter, Carlin, an icon with her this week. <laughs> I mean, look, she is, the Bravo kids these kids she she's gonna go down in history like she's setting herself up bruce lee oh parsley like come on it was like <laughs> it's something about a kid making a dad joke so much funnier <laughs> God. um can i just point out one thing that really troubled me in this episode Ooh. um it was the way that like Jen does not know how to like heat up the churros. Like the way she just like <laughs> threw them directly into, the, into fire. the fire. I was like, how are you gonna get it out of the fire? I was like, those churros are gone. Like the way that like Heather had to like pick them out. You can just tell that like these women do not like cook for themselves. Oh, like, like just no clue. I haven't had churros in so long. Oh, my God, Moshi, on a churros note, I got drive-through churros not too long ago. Doesn't surprise me. It's big Taurus energy. <laughs> it was fabulous. Um, Moshi, is there anything else you would like to say about the Salt Lake no. City ladies? Just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And, like, I don't want Mary to be, like, cleaning the moulding She's got a no, no. This crown molding is beautiful, but who is cleaning it? Hopefully, not Mary. Who is cleaning it? She totally has a cleaner. I wonder what happened because she had to fuck my man. Charlinda had to go. <laughs> Was she fired? Was she pushed? I don't know. But like, <laughs> who is cleaning her house these days? <laughs> well, let's take a break and we can ponder that question. <laughs> 
And we're back, Moshi, from the break. Hello. To talk about the Real Housewives of Potomac. It's season, it's episode 11, season 6. And, Moshi, we are, like, I don't know, maybe, like, three-fifths of the way through at this point. Like, fractions. what do you... What's fractions, percentages, on a scale <laughs> from 1 to 10? Like, how are you enjoying this season? Like, what was, like... What's the mood at this point? The vibe, if you will. The vibe? Well, I think we've definitely kind of plateaued because I think post-goddess party, I know we didn't talk about last the previous week's episode, but Mia had that goddess party and kind of, you know, white flags were waved. You know, there were agreements made at the table and promises to kind of just keep going forward. I mean, the thing is, these shows and these women... That always happens, and then the drama sort of comes back. But in between a sandwich, the the pieces of drama bread, so to speak, the meat is like plateauy. We're just at a like chill kind of end, and there's not really much happening. So for me, I think this whole episode was a real Candace. Um, and you know, I like her when she's being nasty and below the belt yeah I definitely I felt this whole episode was just like a Candace episode I didn't like really remember anything that happened other than Candace um because I mean and this was her big this was her moment she had her moment they were filming the video clip of her drive back single she sunk $10,000 into this washi. And I couldn't understand whether it was $10,000 like across the whole thing or just on this specific day of shooting was $10,000. I would say $10,000 just on that specific day of shooting because I was like $10,000 to film a music video clip is pretty good. Well, I mean, especially when you're using your girlfriend's cars in the background. Yes, but I mean... So have you seen the video clip, the finished product? Moshi, I hate to say you sent it to me and I never watched it. Okay. It's worth watching. It's like, I think you'll really like it because it has that late late 90s, early 2000s kind of vibe. You know, you're out with your girls, like doing all this sort of stuff. The dancing is good. Like, after watching it all put together, I was like, okay, this is a decent video clip. But also just it's worth it for just the bit at the end when you know that that car is Karen's car. (laughs) Just, like, when she goes and kisses girls and all that sort of stuff. Just because you know the behind the scenes of it all, it does make some elements of the clip really funny. But, I mean, the song is a bop. The clip is very good. At this point, I was like, look, if she's going to come for Ashley for anything, it's for the fact that she made a better song than Ashley did. Candace is committed to the cause. Mm. I really, do you know what I want to see? The crossover that I want to see is Candy and Candace. Candy to come in. I want the girls to do a trip to Baltimore I want Candy to come in and to be like I want I want like maybe Candace to get signed to Candy's label or something I want that crossover that is super interesting but the thing is I feel like if it hasn't happened at this point it will never happen 
no, it will happen because can- Candy will see this because, like, number the other thing is like Candy's obviously super busy, but I feel like they the things they just they don't have a connection. They need to vent and become friends. But I also think like Candy likes people who make things happen for themselves, and I feel like Candy would see would see all the hard work that Candace has already done and be like, that's great. I I'll help you. You know who else sees all the hard work that Candace is doing but doesn't want people riding the coattails of? <laughs> who else? Dorothy. Well, I feel like Candy and Candace, they have a lot in common. They have these overbearing mothers who don't like their... Candy would be like the perfect mentor for Candace. Oh my god, imagine if in like 10 years time Dorothy became Mama Joyce. Like because I mean the, there's been a bit of like, you know, conjecture on the blogs, on the Instagrams about like the parallels, right, between Mama Joyce and Dorothy. And I just want to say that like Dorothy is nowhere near as bad ass as Mama Joyce. Like Look, it's it's different levels. They're, they're playing on different fields. They're different styles. One is like, you know, they're both in the South, but one is like true South and one is like Virginia. I, I don't know. I think I think on the overbearing mums, it's like, it it's kind of the same. No, like Mama Joyce did some like pretty interesting stuff. Because I think the thing is, like Mama Joyce met up with Portia behind Candy's back. Like, Mama Joyce, like, almost attacked Candy's friend at that, like, wedding dress fitting. Like, she, she like, took off her shoe. Didn't, didn't, didn't Candy's, like, didn't Mama Dot, like, hit someone with a bag? Or was that Candy hitting her mum with a bag? All I know <laughs> is that there was big violence on both sides. And lots of did at this video clip, like, talk the way she was going to the and talking to um Karen about Chris and all that sort of stuff behind his back knowing full well she literally says oh I Mike's like she is shady as I think that her and Mama Joyce could compare notes <laughs> I think um, is willing to go to Mama Joyce levels is what I I just want to put in a note that it was Dorothy that hit Candace with her purse but it was an accident and then she showed it at the reunion I don't know if you remember this now okay I do remember Candace like she's just such a brat he was never a brat um and the different the other side of it is you know and she's the one who's brought wealth to her family was privileged um Kind of two sides, same coin. I don't know. I just think, look, Mama Joyce tried to break up Candy's wedding. I don't think Dorothy <laughs> was that involved. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean. You can think of it. Do you think that, I mean, I think Dorothy kind of implied that perhaps she was still paying the mortgage. Do you think that that might be the case? I don't know if that, I don't think that's true. I just think she was being shady because she, uh, 
as well. I think we need more Dorothy. Oh, maybe because obviously she mentioned we love an overbearing mother, you know, a mama D, a mama Joyce. We love all of that. But I think, you know, coming back just the video clip, I done and I'm pretty impressed by Candace. Do you think that Chris should still be her husband Joe? Oh, a hundred percent after this situation, if they if the Chris is no longer my manager, I need to then they're gonna get they'll get divorced. Like they need yeah i hope that this was a bit of an eye-opening experience for them both because where were the cars the cars exactly um moshi i will say that one of the other scenes that i enjoyed um probably for the wrong reasons though um Robin, like, I can't believe I enjoyed a scene with Robin this season, but like, <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she's finally actioning what her life coach has recommended to her. A life coach, business coach, coach, a coach, <laughs> coach. Yeah. So, there's an outcome from last week's episode we didn't talk about, but Robin finally is taking steps to address. Um, basically her look of motivation around uh, her empire, her lack of motivation around sort of addressing kind of and in this episode, you know, her house, she's, she's finding a bigger place to expand her business. I, I liked it. What do you think? I- and find like a startup warehouse. Like I would setup. I mean, I feel like this is like just American things at this point. But I guess like, you know, I mean, what isn't a startup warehouse? Is that just like a normal warehouse, but like certain companies go there? I don't know. It's just a normal warehouse that's smaller. I mean like it's kind of similar to me, like more of a co-work because I know like you can just rent a warehouse space, but it's what this place similar to a co offered like other services so you can they can potentially like help you inventory and all this stock taking and all this other stuff that's kind of the vibe that I got like in a room it was like renting they're going to be if that's the case again you know I'm here for this disruptive kind of environment and I think it's a really great way because there's so many and they need so I was really um really impressed that kind of finally just like told him what she needed I was personally impressed by that like worker at the warehouse that was like I don't get paid to wait for you to finish your scene for me to continue working. <laughs> we love those. I love those scenes. I love when the, the editors just keep those scenes in. Because uh, even like, 
I was going to say, even like Robin and Juan are like looking at this person and being like, are you, are you done yet? Yeah, it was so funny. Um, But I mean, I don't know. I think like now that you've explained the whole warehouse concept to me, then I'm sort of like wondering what's Robin's problem with spending more money on this? Because like she obviously needs the help. She says she's got like thousands of hats that she's got to get out to the people. So like... To someone there that's going to help her do inventory and all the rest of it. Well, my takeaway from that is that it just sounds like money in the past. We do know that, you know, most relationships because of marriage and because of financial things, which is part of that to me, it just seems like, okay, you've gotten a coach on your, on your business. Perhaps now it's time for you to. Um, look at having or Anna. Like, I'm sure she does. I have an expert coming. Well, especially when she's like $100,000 over in the house renovation. And I do know that. Um, A little bit cheaper to build something like America or Europe because um, a lot of like supplies they're just like you're not paying so so. So I'm really curious because I feel although she's designing a nice, it is kind of a not a kit home, but it's it's like a developer. So those sorts of things are normally like super sort of fixed priced and things. It's possibly doing some customizations, but I'm like, what doing to take you a hunt over? For me, when for labor costs, because labor costs more. So I was, I was just like, that sounds insane. I love that. I love that we just got interior designer Moshi give her take, her hot take on the building industry. Like to to be back on something, it's not you're not. It's not and to me, I'm just like you need a. Um, are there We're any other? Thing. Don't tell her that. She won't be happy with that. She has a trauma of being swindled and taking money out of her pocket. Again, that's why they need her or something. I don't think she's ready to trust. True. Is there anything that you want to talk about? Um, look, I mean, the bulging uterus. No, it wasn't bulging. It was prolapsing. Oh, Ashley's TMI. To me, it's like, that's what you're talking about, but you want to talk about it at brunch? I mean, how else are you going to talk about it? Um... Not with your family. It's kind of weird. 
Yeah. Like, I do know some had those sorts of conversations. That's great. I'm really happy for you. But then it also made me a little bit sad. Is she talking about family because girlfriend she can talk about? Oh, I mean, her girlfriends are the women on this show, and I don't think she wants to talk to any of them. Fair enough. Ashley's having a lot of, like, solo um, time this season. I was going to say, some other really cool thing that happened on this episode is we finally got like lead arm candles. I mean... Uh, Wendy's candle is good for a powder room. Yes, it's good for a powder room. Well, see me, I'm not really powder rooms. See, Jerry has I. Um, again, I mean, I've just lit a one wick candle, and I wish it. Like that's where I'm at. I also have a one wick candle on at the moment. And I can't even smell it because it is so far away. Exactly. One week. Um, I also want like to touch on Agnes going with her mother. Tail. It is sad. Oh, she's giving. You no, know, I. I think it was really interesting. Her siblings and to kind of learn that blocker with her mum is that you know it's always the case when there's is that her mother is closer with another sibling perhaps didn't have to put away for a sister and like how dependency it has clearly been to therapy. Um, and I was just like, I was like, oh, this is, you know, like learning that, you know, she, her mum that she can't get, stand that, you know, I think we all do uh, with some siblings. Because you're the favourite child. <laughs> oh, I'm sure your brother. I mean, I'm nodding my head, um, not just my like generation of cousins will understand what it's like. <laughs> the favorite cousin, the favorite child. I mean, it's hard being a golden child in the European family. Really hard. You... Well, no, you know what? It is because there are expectations on you that the others just don't have because no one remembers that they exist. <laughs> Not because they nobody remembers they don't exist. Wow. And that's the tea. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, this was kind of told you we're at a pl- plateau. It was a drab episode of Potomac. When I comes back because, unfortunately... These women are at their best when they kind of hate each other. <laughs> maybe, maybe Grace will run Giselle down in the Gucci Cinquecento. And... In the little Gucci Cinquecento. Oh, that car. Uh, you know what the best part of that whole thing is, though? It, that it belongs to the pastor. 
was like trying to imagine Jamal in that car as well. It's so wild. Marshy, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for Beverly Hills. And we're back. You took the <laughs> words right out of my mouth. Marcy. I know. I just wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> <sighs> Wow. I feel like that's the sort of prank Kathy Hilton would play. Well, we're going to talk about Kathy Hilton, aren't we? In this episode, Beverly Hills, it's episode 18. Like, wow, this season will not end. I um, literally was like, oh, this must be the finale. And then I was like, no, there's still another episode. I was like, wow, they really gave us everything. Well, we know that, well, I mean, I know that the final episode <laughs> is um, a Lunar New Year party at Crystal's house. Oh, wow. So we're probably like, what, two episodes away. That's a really long season. I mean, I guess, you know what, it probably, they never, uh, let's start again. They were <laughs> probably never planning on it being this long, but I think that the Erica drama and the fact that it was happening in real time was just motivation to, like, keep it rolling a little bit longer. Oh, 100%. I also think, though, that we got some great scenes. We got the Kathy Hilton giving us, I guess, more than we, we bargained for. And it's really interesting because this is, like, the franchise with the most housewives, right? Well, at the moment, because every every other franchise is like cut it down to like five, basically. Right. Um. I mean, for me, this was Kathy Hilton's episode. It was actually like I was like, was this the moment where we were actually considering giving her the diamond? Like, I bet you they asked if she wanted it, and she said no. I mean, she has what well, she has shown up to every single event mm-hmm. and we have recently discovered that the only reason why she didn't come to Garcelle's dinner was because she had COVID. Fair enough. And but she still wanted to go. She and the still wasn't no. going to go. She was feeling good. <laughs> Can I just, okay, sidebar. There was an event in Los Angeles that's just happened over like yesterday. And I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but Kathy Hilton went in wearing this beautiful pink dress and left wearing a tablecloth. Did you see this? Yes, I did. <laughs> and when she was asked about it, somebody said the tablecloth or whatever was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That She was wearing Alice and Olivia. <laughs> and I was like, are we seeing, like, and I was looking at some of the pictures from the event and it really reminded me of, like, when Paris would go out, like, back in the day. And I was like, are we getting wild child Kathy Hilton? Just wondering. I'm here for it. I mean, I know that you are a Hilton super fan. Super you, fan. You, you knew Paris Hilton before the rest of us did. Before you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's only two people in this conversation, so the rest of us... <laughs> Um, but I just feel like the Hiltons are having this like moment right now. Well, everything that's old is cool again. You know, everything from the 2000s and 90s is coming back. So it makes perfect sense that the Hiltons would be having a renaissance. Um, but for me, the things in this episode that like really cemented 
Kathy's position in this group, right, was the fact that she got her own scene um, FaceTiming Dorito. Um, and, like, it was, it was, like, on the Kathy side. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. friend, it's, like, the main cast member will call the friend. But this was the friend calling the other person who should be the friend, let's be real. Well, it was produced. Like, normally that's what happens is if you're a cast member, things get produced for you. And so, because I want to be really honest, there's no way Kathy Hilton is just calling Dorit. Like, out of it. Dorit wishes, like, Dorit wants to live up her butt so bad. I mean, I want to also live up Kathy Hilton's butt, so... No, but, I mean, we've discussed this before. Dorit wants to be Kathy Hilton. She will never again, be I just Kathy say, Hilton. I cannot blame her for wanting to be Kathy Hilton because at this point I think we all do. But Kathy Hilton is not interested in the likes of Dorit. No, not at all. And it's just, like, the way that Dorit would have been, like, literally shitting herself, that she was so excited from getting a phone call from Kathy Hilton. Well, it's the fact that she thought they were they they're such good girlfriends that, that she could have this D and M with her, and Kathy couldn't give a shit. She was worried about picking her makeup. Oh my god, it was it was just it gave me everything I needed. It was so good. Um, and then obviously, like they're going on this trip to Del Mar, um, another girls' trip that Kathy Hilton has organized. So this is the other reason why I thought we were at a finale because we're clearly book ending things there was a girl's trip at the beginning of the series Kathy Hilton had never been on a girl's trip remember and now at the end of the series we've come full circle and Kathy Hilton is organizing the girl's trip and you know that if Kathy Hilton is organizing the trip you know it's gonna be freaking fabulous and given that they were only going 30 minutes down the road and it's already better than any other trip they've had 100 percent um, do you think, I mean, I'm skipping ahead a little bit right now, but do you think that they're staying in a Hilton accommodation? Possibly. I just thought it was interesting that there was no mention. I mean, maybe unless I missed it, but I feel well, like there was no mention of specifically where they were staying. So I've stayed at a Hilton hotel before and they're all part of like, I'm pretty sure like, Around the world, there's only, like, five hotel chains and they kind of own everything in one way or another. So I'm sure, like, it is a hotel that Kathy has, Kathy has, is invested in, if that makes any sense, right? Like, it's part of the wider conglomerate. Because I don't know if the, the Hilton family doesn't own the Hilton hotels anymore. Their big thing for Kathy Hilton and Rick Hilton was that they owned and ran the Waldorf Astoria in New York, which is massive. Oh, well, I was about to say, I've also stayed at a Hilton hotel, but yeah. it doesn't even matter anymore because Kathy doesn't even well, own I, them. I don't think she does own them. I mean, we can dig into it, but, yeah, I don't really – I think, like, you know, those things, that it's a chain. It was sold off at some point. But I know because I'm like a Hilton member, you know, like you always just join the membership of the hotel every time you stay at a new hotel, that they're part of like seven out of the hundred other hotels. So. Yeah, they also, they have like the, the Super 7 motels as well. Yeah, okay, sure. 
<laughs> this hotel was beautiful. And one thing that I do want to agree with is that if you have the suite, like the proper suite, you host everybody. Because I was once on a work trip where I, for whatever reason, got upgraded and was given this nice corner suite that was like slightly bigger than the other rooms in that it had its own like living area. Like it had a separate lounge room. And I knew that because I had that separate lounge room and my six other colleagues didn't, that it was my job to host everyone for dinner. That's just what you do if you have the space to host everyone and they're not sitting on your bed. Oh my God. Thank you, Kathy Hilton. No, but I, you know, I look, I just want to say it's very rare that I find myself aligning with super wealthy white women. And in this episode, I found myself aligning with Kathy Hilton on my stance of, of the sweets and, and what you should do if you have the sweet. And also with Sutton and her foot problems. That was something that, you know, I fully understood. Oh my god! I mean, I also under I I mean, I also aligned with the super rich white lady this episode because in the sound bar, <laughs> I also would have been knocked out within the first ten you, seconds. A hundred percent. The moment your head is down on a flat surface, you're like, <laughs> and I, I am out. Like God. The way that I managed to stay up for, like, as long as this recording is, is wild in itself. Every time we're recording the podcast and I see, and you you start off sitting, like, upright, and I slowly, slowly start to see you regress, I'm always worried at, like, some point I'm going to be like, Patricio, are you awake? <laughs> Patty, are you there? This isn't, like, I know my voice can be soothing, but I try so hard not to give you ASMR <laughs> because we can't have that. <laughs> okay, Meredith Marks. <laughs> I that one. Um, just some like other like amazing Kathy Hilton moments for me was the fact that she like doesn't even remember the woman that runs like her household and her the name. lady, the lady, the lady of the house. When that Chiron came up and it had the lady that that's who Kyle was talking to, I was like. Finally, we're getting some cute, funny editing from, you know, the Beverly Hills producers. That was brilliant. I mean, Kyle having to, like, be, like, Mrs. Hilton, Mrs. Hilton, it's for Mrs. Hilton. <laughs> Which is, like, trying to show her the car. But I think it's the fact that Kathy's just, like, I, like, she, she didn't even say that she'd forgotten her bag. She's just, like, she just, like, where is it? Like, where are my things? Like, I want to just go through life showing up and just be like, where is my stuff? Like, why did it not just follow me? I mean, like, it's literally like royalty. Like, the Queen of England is also, like, not one to be like, I don't know where I put my bag. It's like, where is the bag? Where is the bag? Why is it not here? And then just, like, expecting Kyle to figure it out. I love that, though. It is funny to watch Kyle kind of be bossed around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, the fact that she, like, had the hotel set up this picnic on the beach with place cards. It was the place cards for me. Because she has worked in hospitality. And this is the thing. When she knows what she's doing, she knows the finesse. The finesse. 
you know and also they uh, the hotel also knows that she's a woman of the same industry that you know comes from that hospitality background and I say hospitality really loosely because you know what Kathy was doing is insane but it is hospitality and so this hotel they they've got to give it their extra because it's Mrs Hilton that they're that they're you know organizing this stuff for and if it's not right they know they'll hear about it um and i mean you said like kyle running around after her sister but also the fact that like kathy didn't know how to open the bottle of wine it was just like wild to me i love all of it though i know right um i mean the the major drama again and i feel like i don't know moshi if you feel the same way but i feel like we're a bit in Groundhog Day. I feel yep. like every episode has had the exact same formula, which is like... A dinner. Yeah, daytime activity followed by a dinner. And we are at yet another dinner. And it's Kathy Hilton that starts drama this time because she feels the tension in the room and she wants to bring it up. Is she well, a shit stirrer? No, I think she's just finally caught on to the game. Like, I think she was one of, like, I think she's still being authentic and true to herself. But I think in this episode, it was the first time that we start to see her being a little bit more produced. So I think she has started to realise, like, I'm sure she's taken notes from Kyle. I'm sure she's learnt all these things now. But she's like, this is the expectation. Somebody at the dinner table has to do the thing. Let's have it be Kathy. Because number one, I think, nobody is going to jump down Kathy's throat for bringing it up. Mm-hmm. There's a certain level that people will not, nobody at that table is ever going to say anything to Kathy. Whereas if like Rina brought it up or Kyle brought it up or um, Garcelle brought it up or, you know, or even Dorit brought it up, there would be a different tension. But Kathy is Switzerland. Yeah. Like you can't, no one's going no one's, no one's coming for her. Kathy. Nobody's going to cancel Kathy. So it, Kathy is the same. And I think Kathy also recognises that about herself. Like, she's the safest person who can bring this up. So my questions from this dinner for you are, first of all, Ooh. did Sutton call Erica a liar? Is this, like, a fair statement to make? No, she didn't. At that dinner, she didn't. And we see it in the flashback that she didn't call her a liar about this but she did say that she lied about that story and she articulated that what she's basically trying to say is don't say that you don't lie because number one everybody lies but she's just sort of saying like you have to admit that there are things that you're giving us that are half truths Erica's not going to ever admit that, though, because she doesn't... I mean, we've seen it. We got the flashback. Erica does yeah. not like being called a liar. Yeah. Um, is Sutton small-minded? No. But on some level, I think they're all small-minded. I guess, like, everybody is just thinks about themselves, you know? I thought this was really harsh, actually. I really didn't like that Sutton was being called small-minded because I don't actually think that she is. Or she doesn't come across that way. No, and she doesn't behave that way at all. And I think, you know, she, like, apart from her early misstep with Crystal, mm-hmm. I think 
you know, she is more of an ally, I think, to multiple minority communities than some of the other women around that table are. Yeah, but I think, you know, Erica's just grasping at straws. She's determined to play this ice queen. She's determined not to forgive Sutton. And she's just going to say whatever it is to... she. This is the only thing about Sutton that you can attack is that she is not a woman of the world, right? Like, that is the only thing that you can do that'll make her, that'll upset her. So I think Erica's just going for the jugular. You know, I um I read on Instagram this week, um, you know, and I never remember where I read anything, but it was the fact that Sutton, I mean, there's been this suggestion, right, that Sutton, like, who has she got to worry about her, her like reputation from right but she is like on the board of like the ballet society or something in america some like prestigious ballet society she's like on the boards of things like i mean the the drama this week as well has been that she got lisa rinna a seat at her table for the elton john you know charity whatever it was Ball, I don't know, like whatever event it was. Like Sutton is well connected. I think Sutton is like a and being on charity boards is I feel very Sutton as well, right? Of course. Well, I mean, this is one of the justifications that people who have a lot of money say for not having a nine to five job, or a lot of these wives is that they say is that they will do a lot of charity work and that's how we meet crystal and kathy right at the beginning of the show it's how we meet crystal crystal is constantly doing charity work or we learn she's you know hosting parties for friends like they have they have to give back in some sort of way to kind of i guess justify their place in society and these are the these are the sorts of stories of the real housewives that we're used to hearing about right so it, this is this is why we watch this show we want it we want a, a peak into that world. Um, did you live when Kathy called out Dorit at the dinner table? Yes, but at the same time, I was just like, ugh, Dorit, there's, there's nothing, Dorit, think, Dorit is the opposite of um, Sutton in that, like, there's nothing you can say to Dorit, I think, that is going to make her ever question who she is or be upset by anything. I mean, I just love that we went from Dorit probably being so excited at getting a FaceTime from Kathy Hilton to being shut down by Kathy Hilton at the dinner table. Like, know your place, Dorito. (laughs) (laughs) I leave. Um, Do you think that owning it, Rina, is back? Again, I don't understand the point of Lisa Rinna other than being the advocate for Erica Jane. I... I've got nothing nice to say, so I won't say anything more. I I think you should have just ended that sentence. I don't understand like Lisa Rinna's existence, like full stop. Like No, I understand <laughs> I understand Lisa Rinna in the context of the Housewives universe. I just think that she's served, she's done what she had to do. Like I don't there's nothing else we can get from Lisa Rinna. She's and and this is not I just think here's the thing. I think Rinna should have bowed out and she would have bowed out on top. I think the way she has been in this season, it it has turned a lot of people against her. 
I, I think a lot of the people who like who were diehards like myself who really loved her were seeing a side of her that is probably her truest side, believe it or not. And it's not good. It's not good TV. It's not what we want to see. I will say, though, one thing that I really do appreciate about Lisa Rinnum is that I think she can do like super casual sneakers, tracksuit, sweatsuit, whatever, really well. And then I'm always floored when I see her in like the highest of heels. I know it sounds really weird, but she it's just that I know her her truest aesthetic is like super casual Birkenstocks. And then I today when she was wearing that black dress and she had the highest heels I've ever seen on. And I was in that moment, I was struck by like, how do you do that? Because I can't do that. I have the foot problems like something, so I can't do that. So I was just, I, there are like little things like that. I was just like, I'm super in awe of, or I'm always just like, oof, you know, that's how you know somebody who's been in showbiz or this world for a long time. Um, and she she does look the best I think she's ever looked since in the last couple of seasons. Her fashion game is, I, I like the way she's doing fashion over the way Dorit is doing fashion. Um, but in terms of like, what has she given to the show? Nothing else. Gowns, gorgeous gowns. <laughs> um, I just want to say on your point of like, you are just shocked by the fact that she can do casual and she can do the high heels. She's Italian. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Look, she's no Sophia Loren, but. <laughs> but who is, you know? Um, look, I think the biggest thing out of this whole dinner was Garcelle had her breaking point, I think. Like, I think, like, for me, I don't know. I think she just, like, it all finally exploded and she got really emotional at the table and she spoke her truth. Like, but I don't like that it came out in this way. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. And you know what I really didn't like as well? I didn't like the like little like group therapy bullshit afterwards where everyone's like hugging her and like telling her how beautiful it was. That's so beautiful. Honestly. No. It no, not at all. I no. felt that yeah, it was just you know what? I'm glad that Garcelle was actually finally able to, I guess, like verbalize and like really be really clear with all the women exactly like how she's been feeling. I think like that was great to see, but I feel like it was like forced on her and it didn't have to be that way. Um and I really think that Lisa Rinna had a lot to do with that. And I mean that in a, like, a very negative way. I, you shouldn't have to see me suffer to want to be my friend. No, not at all. I was disgusted by the whole thing. But she felt good after it. And I was like, oh, no. Because it's how we're conditioned. That's how they've all been conditioned. <sighs> what, what do you think... I mean, what do you think is the future for Gar- Do you think she's coming back next season for Garcelle? I think uh, if Garcelle is offered the opportunity to come back, I think she will come back. But I don't necessarily think she has to come back. She's got the real... She's got other stuff going on. She'll have more time to get back into films and television. Like, the one thing that is really good about these shows for specific women, like women who have been, you know, these actors or whatever, is it does put them back in the spotlight. I'm just trying to think. Garcelle was at, 
like a party recently and I I would suggest that since she's been on Housewives that a lot more envelopes have been opening up to her because she was kind of barred from Hollywood after the whole thing with her ex-husband right and she wrote that scathing email Mm. and you know she kind of got blacklisted but I think she's having this new resurgence since joining Housewives and it's you know Again, I think it's that thing where you need to ride that wave and come out on top um, because I'm I'm curious as to what else can she offer. But then at the same time, I'm like, I think she, her and Sutton kind of need each other. Unfortunately, there is a faction within the group and they do kind of need each other. But I will say, I mean, aside from Doree and Rinna, the lineup is good. I mean, ugh, I guess Kyle is good because Kathy's there. Kyle will never leave. Um, yeah. Well, I just, there's one final thing that I want to get off my chest um, and I'm done. But <laughs> the, the final thing for me is like the next day, we obviously find out that um, the news is broken that Tom Girardi has had his conservatorship um, put into place by one of his brothers and that he is being put into an aged care facility um, for people with dementia and similar conditions, right? Um, And Erica is, like, so upset by all of this. She's, like, angry with, like, his children for not looking after the father. And I feel like there was also this sort of, like, thing where she brought up her grandmother who had to be in a home and, you know, the way that, like, she deteriorated and... But Tom was the one that, like, fronted the money for her grandmother to be there, right? Um, my only thing here is that she is so adamant that he shouldn't be put into this facility, which is, you know, well below his needs and is going to, you know, make him deteriorate even faster. But I would just like to say, old mate's got no money. I'm sorry. He doesn't get to go to state-of-the-art facilities anymore because he he stole the money and then he blew the money, so there is no more money. No, I think it's a really important point. And with that said, it's this is something that happens to so many people. This is real life for a lot of people, and it should be shown. Like on the one side where we do get to see the glitz and glamour and things like that, there is the way that the rest of the world lives and it's heartbreaking and it's unfortunate. Um, I feel a bit weird because I recently just watched that movie, I Care A Lot. Don't watch it, Patrizio. Um, And, you know, on on the one hand, Tom has done some, well, allegedly done some terrible things, but also like the illness that he has and I hope he has it I I mean I hope he has it in the sense of like (laughs) no like they're not just making it up as a defense like I hope it's not bullshit because if it is if they if they are kind of lying a little bit that that to me is worse I mean, it's been my ongoing saga with Erica is the fact that I just, you know, I I think it's clear that he does have a form of dementia. It's obviously, and dementia can deteriorate so quickly in such a short amount of time as well. Um, 
but it's for me, it's still the fact that like she's playing this game of like, I care so much about Tom. Tom doesn't deserve all these things. You know, I was his wife for 20 years, but you literally left when the going got tough. tough. Like, I, I don't know how I can, you know, reconcile those two statements. I just, it makes it very difficult to, you know, feel any empathy for her or her situation. Well, I mean, Luckily for us, this is kind of playing out beyond the show. So we'll get some other opportunities to find out exactly what's going on. Well, Moshi, I guess that leads us to the end of yet another episode of the podcast. Amazing. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on From the Lower Level Pod on Instagram. And then we come back next week to discuss all these amazing franchises. All this shit all over again. Yet again. <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> there will be a, a bit about Salt Lake City. There will be a bit about Potomac. And then there will be Beverly Hills in that order. <laughs> in that order. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk about these shows in that order with you, Patrizio. Be safe out there, everyone. Crazy times. We are really living in the most precedented of unprecedented times. I mean, I heard there's an alien invasion next month, so. Cannot wait. Take care. At this point. All right, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye.